Hello and welcome to the Crow Walk podcast. My name is Crow Miller, and today's topic is about empaths, highly sensitive people, and ASD. And for those of you who do not know what ASD is, ASD means Autism Spectrum Disorder. So we're just going to dive in. I have always been a person who has experienced, it seems like, more than others have. And I've had various relationships to myself because of that experience and because of those experiences. And at the ripe age of 35, I was recently diagnosed with autism spectrum disorder. And I sort of look back and (laughs) chuckle a bit because, um, yeah, of course, (laughs) Um, this sort of hyper... Awareness, hypersensitivity, along with many other sensory-oriented experiences, as well as um, a large barrier in communication that I've experienced my whole life. Of course, it makes sense. (laughs) And... It's been an interesting journey, to say the least. Um, Now, my general approach to my healing journey is is not um, a traditional approach in regards to or in relation to Western approaches and Western medicine. My approach has more uh, been on the alternative track, which is really not so alternative. It's actually the traditional path, but for semantics purposes and relation purposes, just for understanding, this is how um, most people are describing it. And so I am going along with that, as well as adding in my own... um, viewpoints on that and so my approach has been to work within the realms of spirituality in order to understand and heal myself and to really just be able to deal with the vast amounts of information that I have been privy to my entire life and Some things that I will share is for so long, for so many years, I experienced hearing things that other people didn't. Um, I experienced smells that other people didn't. I experienced so many things that other people just didn't experience. And, you know, certain things such as sound and... Um, 
smelling things, it's sort of um, natural to say, hey, do you smell that too? Or did you hear that? And so often I was met with, no, I don't hear that. Or I don't see that. I don't smell that. I can't sense that. And um, so take that environment, take that um, setting, and you need to sort of multiply that over time, over and over and over and over again, which sort of creates um, this compounding energy, a dense sort of block to move through and um you know the term uh gaslighting it's very very similar to that um uh, but there is this sort of in my experience there was an inner struggle as well an inner conflict of knowing knowing very, very deeply and strongly that no matter what other people said to me, that I was experiencing this because it was my experience. And, you know, how can you essentially take away or negate somebody else's experience? So I will say that um, this is what drew me to the pathway of healing through spirituality through earth medicines through yoga through meditation through reiki through theta healing through relationships with my spirit guides and i will say this my relationship with creator with source with god um the the depth at which I was experiencing the world, it needed um, something just as potent and to be met, to be able to understand myself and begin to cultivate and come up with systems on how to work with myself and just be here in this place and time which can be so challenging for many people and um, everyone has different challenges and um, I will say that the challenges that were for me were um, existential crisis inducing. <laughs> and um, <clears throat> so I mostly shied away from the Western approaches of healing, which from time to time I would go to therapy, but um, as far as the depth in which that I was able to go was only very, very limited. And I know now that my brain um, associated the fact that I was experiencing something that could not be explained by Western medicine, um, it would only allow me to go so far in that relationship. And so I mostly lean towards the center of most things 
And I just believe that everyone gets a choice to um, choose which pathway works for them the best. And for me, it was the path of spirit. And so since I was 20, I um, went into these spaces. <clears throat> and some of the spaces that I found myself in, um, mainly one experience or a cultivation of experiences was my uh, trip to Peru um, to explore the plant medicine of ayahuasca. And if you don't know what ayahuasca is, you can easily look that up. Um, it's one of the most powerful psychedelic plant medicines on the planet. Um, and it's it's done in a ceremonial setting with intention. Um, for those of you who have not done it, you don't do this for fun. This is not a night out on the town, you know. This isn't one of those experiences. It's a deep, deep, purgative experience. Um, and my normal setting of experiencing so much information and sensory um, phenomena, we'll say. Because also I need to explain that although I have ASD, I am also very psychic as well. <laughs> and so um, there's different layers to this, which I'm sort of just unpacking here and unpacking with you and exploring. And I'm sure later on in my journey, I will have um, practiced more ways of being able to communicate what I experience and just understand. So m my normal gating for experiencing psychic phenomena, all the clairs, you know, clairsentience, clairaudience, clairvoyance is quite high. And so this plant medicine works with each and every person as an individual. And so what I experienced was... Um, very intense and my last ayahuasca journey um the person who was running the ceremony the shaman and also his co-facilitator you can say um they really did not know how to help me <clears throat> i was completely overloaded um so I experienced a meltdown in a ceremony. <laughs> and um, I would not wish that upon anyone, by the way. Uh, because I, at that point, I did not know um, my neurotype, we'll say. <laughs> and I would say that it's very, very important for people to um, do their due diligence and their research, their self-research on how their brain works when going into a ceremonial space, especially something which is so powerful, such as ayahuasca. Um, 
And I know that that was one of the last doors, my last death door. And I, I thought that I was going to die. In fact, I'm, I'm convinced that I probably could have died if I, um, I couldn't fall asleep towards the end of the ceremony. So these ceremonies are held, you know, you start around maybe seven o'clock in, in the evening, um, and they go over night and, you know, everyone would say to me, it only, it kicks in after a half an hour. For me, it kicked in after five minutes, um, and it lasted mm, seven, eight hours. Um, and we'll say the normal experience for psychedelics, uh, specifically ayahuasca, was five hours. And so my um, the only way that I can describe it is is that. I was taken over. Um, I could hear every single plant. I heard every single consciousness in the radius of maybe five, seven, eight kilometers. And also, um, it was the first time that I had a spirit enter my body, which won't be the first and the last time. A lesson that I did have to learn. And... For you those, for <laughs> for you those, for those of you who are listening, um, I would suggest not allowing spirits to enter your space under no circumstance, under no condition, because it's not a pleasant experience. And yeah, it's just good spiritual hygiene. Keep your your borders and your boundaries tight when it comes when it comes to that especially if you are an empath. So after that experience, um, I was properly fucked. Excuse my language. (laughs) But this is the truth. It took me many, many years to unpack what happened to me. And um, that was in 2017. And so that was... Almost it's six years until I got my diagnosis. Um, and so now I can reflect on that situation with a much greater understanding of why I felt so unmet and so alone when I would describe to others what I experienced and what I was experiencing. Um, I knew... I knew in my heart, I knew in my space that what they experienced was not even close to what I was experiencing. And it took me a long time to accept that, not from an egotistical, um, egocentric perspective, but um, a balanced ego of just knowing that I know that I experience emotions, feelings, information much deeper than the quote-unquote typical or normal person. Um, 
and finding compassion for myself throughout this process has been very interesting. And so it matters um, your brain matters, your um, self-awareness matters because it's important um, that I know that some of these spaces that I have entered unknowing unknowing um, of my limitations that um, if other people entered these spaces they might be <laughs> much worse than I um, came out of that space and simply because I again had so much experience with working with the realm of spirit and um, thankfully I had many teachers before I had entered that ayahuasca ceremony in the ayahuasca space and so I had a muscle that was developed and that muscle was able to carry me through those experiences um, as well as <laughs> there was a, lang a hefty language barrier because I did not speak Spanish and, and the shaman only spoke Shipibo or Spanish and so um, for those of you who are just learning about um, the variations of how autism shows up in people um, communication is a huge part of being on the spectrum. And so I have, um, worked, I know I have worked probably three to five times harder than most people have had to work on describing themselves or just expressing themselves. Um, and so in that environment, when there was already a, a communication deficit as far as verbally um, from my from my end, and that adding with the fact that the shaman was just speaking Shipibo in Spanish, it was um, that was also an important factor of my overall experience and. I would suggest um, that, <laughs> um, yeah, you just know yourself before getting into these spaces. And what I have seen, um, I've seen many overlaps as far as what I have experienced and what other people are referring to it as. And in the spiritual communities, um, and also in the West, some like offshoot of Western, um, Western and spirituality mixed. I forgot this. There is a woman. I should probably do more research before I begin talking, but that's okay. <laughs> this is just, I'm starting, you know. Um, so highly sensitive person, HSP. And this has become all the rage in the collective consciousness because there are so many people out there who are very, very sensitive. Now, some of the criteria 
um, in fact, most of the criteria that makes you an HSP um, also overlaps very heftily, by the way, of having autism spectrum disorder. And so one might begin to ask if all of these people, um, because we're also learning more about um, the variations of how autism shows up in all these different people. And we have these social stereotypes of what it is to be a man, what it is to be a woman. Um, and a lot of the standards have been little white cis boy. Um, they are the only ones who could have autism, and that is just simply untrue. So many people, people of color, and many women have gone undiagnosed, and that coupled with the stereotypes of how we treat or and are what is expected of the behavior of women has also drastically impacted the amount of people who have been able to get diagnosed and um, it's much 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 harder to be diagnosed as an adult so there's so many different factors here um, of why you might begin to be seeing more people getting diagnosed with ADHD and autism. It's simply because we're learning more um, and there's more access available and there's more people like myself who are saying, hey, I experienced this, 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 and this, and then you know, some of the listeners can be like, whoa, I thought that everyone was like that. No. <laughs> um, maybe to varying degrees, but um, when it starts to sort of debilitate you and um, the expression of some of these um, symptoms... Um, if you check X, X, Y, and Z off, then chances are you should probably look into it for yourself. <laughs> um, and so we have this huge overlap of spirituality, spiritual diagnoses, um, which are sort of, I, I, I just coined that term right now, spiritual diagnoses. Oh. <laughs> Pretty interesting, right? So we have spiritual diagnoses, which are empath, highly sensitive person. And then we have the Western translation of some of the similar things, which um, could be neurodivergency and are, in fact, neurodivergency. And being born into this period of time in America, uh, Turtle Island, 
an 80s baby. I was born in 1987. So I have to contextualize my experience as well. And so both the Western and the Eastern matter to me. And so what's been most helpful for me to not lose my existential shit (laughs) is to understand that there are different aspects of myself and my being. There is the astral aspect of my being, the soul aspect of my being, the mental aspect of my being, the physical aspect of my being, and etc etc I can go on and on about all the different aspects that make me crow (laughs) Um, and make me beyond crow and not getting tripped up in those just looking at them for what they are and tending to them for what they are and how they show up in my life and balancing them and how I need to balance them and so I am not the spiritual guide who shuns taking medication. I think that medication is highly beneficial for many people um, to a certain extent. And I believe that everything has its own place because... um, We are born in this time period now. And so this cosmic navigation, um, these navigational skills are acquired for the person over time. And, you know, it really just depends on how, what people respond to. And I see that from a, um, a very different viewpoint because of um, how I respond to external stimuli and external information. And so I've had to personalize many different learnings that I have experienced in order to understand, um, because I've had many, many, many experiences where I didn't understand and it just added further discourse um it added further com- confusion and this is the type of confusion that you know it's not really pleasant to experience y'all um and so this is just a beginning conversation surrounding some of the overlapping terms that I'm seeing used in psychological um, settings and in spiritual settings. And I see a huge benefit of being able to bridge these gaps and and um, take from uh, both in order to figure out um, a recipe that is that is good for the individual and it always is going to boil down to the individual level and for you as well if you're listening if you've listened this far thank you thank you for 
listening to this experience as I, I feel that it is important for me as I've been reflecting over these past few months um, and grieving um, in my own ways of how I was, how some of these systems that are set up have um, overlooked, I don't want to say failed me because I think that's, it's very dramatic, at least a little bit too dramatic for what I would like to express at this point in time. But there are many people that the system just overlooks and overshadows and Many people fall through the cracks and my business, my purpose is to reach as many people who have fallen through those cracks as I possibly can <laughs> um, because their wisdom is so unique and I feel that that wisdom is needed in order to usher us into this new paradigm, which some people are calling the new earth, um, the new age, the golden age, the return. And um, this is a very grounded perspective, not to, not to I'm not exalting um, one people or another. I'm just simply saying that we're all different and we all have perspectives that are needed to be heard and many people who fall into the cracks I believe that they are a vast majority of people and um, with this majority of experience we can sort of change the dialogue of what is quote-unquote normal <laughs> um <clears throat> I think that I started talking about something and then forgot. <laughs> that might happen from time to time. But I want to just thank you for listening um, to this so far. And um, yeah, so what I have understood throughout my process of grieving uh, is that just as a little experiment for myself, I said, who would I be if I was diagnosed at an earlier age? And with an astounding surety, <laughs> I know that um, I most likely would have been nonverbal. And um, I would have chosen sign language for myself and more art different forms of expression and um, this exploration of what I could have or would have been <clears throat> essentially um, it's just for explorational purposes not to grieve what has never happened um, because I think that can go in a direction that will lead mm, towards unnecessary suffering. Um, but in this little explorational process, 
Um, I also found extreme gratitude for not being diagnosed until um, 34 years of age because of the fact that I would not have been able to develop such a vast range of being able to describe things and to translate um, information in all the the ways that I am able to translate that information for other people to understand. I see the extreme value in how it's come across in my teaching skills and um, my ability to sing and express. Uh, I see my voice as um, even more sacred now uh, because of the amount of work that I've had to put into cultivating this relationship with my voice and I know it's just a part of the journey and the path and this too is a part of the story thank you for listening and may you be blessed peace hello if you are finding that you are getting some value out of this content, I welcome you to leave a review. And I also just wanted to share about this very special program that I have been running. It's a 13-month mentorship program that has beautiful elements to it. So the first aspect of it is working on yourself. So the first two months are focused on you and your journey and your healing months three through nine are spent learning two different healing modalities in total you will receive six different certifications and in that time you're going to be able to practice on others as well as yourself and the third aspect of this 13-month program is spent on developing how you would like to show up as a healer. We have some self-guided workshops which cover creating your own offering, topics surrounding money and clients, virtues and values, ethics, and so much more. So if you're interested, head over to www.crowwalk.com to learn more and put in your application. We begin on 2-2-2-3. So that's February 22nd of 2023. The response has been tremendous from the three rounds two and a half years prior. And so I'm just uh, making the system a little bit better improving every year and keeping it moving. All right. Have a great day.